Representatives of Pacific civil society and conservation groups are calling on the New Zealand government to show regional leadership in supporting a moratorium on deep-sea mining. Speaking in an online forum on deep-sea mining this week, the Fiji-based deputy coordinator of the Pacific Network on Globalisation and the Pacific Blue Line Initiative, Joey Tao, says protecting the Pacific Ocean is both a moral and ethical responsibility. We need to really call out deep-sea mining and industry or an experiment that is heavily speculated in nature. It's one that is a fundraiser uh, and one that we really need to call, call out as it is. Uh, secondly, there is this notion to review or reform the ISA, and it's a challenge and appeal to our Pacific leaders if there is a notion or motion before the ISA Council or Assembly, it's our challenge to lobby our governments to support that challenge. We need to reform or review the very mechanism or institution that has been mandated to administer the law of ISA. The ISA, which Joey refers to, is the International Seabed Authority. Made up of 167 member states and the European Union, the authority is mandated under the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea to organise, regulate and control all mineral-related activities in the international seabed area. In 2019, Nauru triggered a legal loophole in the international seabed legislation, effectively fast-tracking the pathway to mining the seafloor, as explained during this week's online forum by Duncan Curry, the international legal advisor to the Deep Sea Conservation Coalition in Aotearoa, New Zealand. For one crucial provision, which uh, was triggered by Nauru in June 2021, said that if a request is made by a state, in this case it's made by Nauru on behalf of this contracting party, Norway, which is a subsidiary of the metals company, and what on the face of it states that if the council has not completed elaboration of the rules and regulations for exploitation, it shall nonetheless consider and provisionally approve such plan of work. Now this has opened a whole Pandora's box. The um, Nauru claims and others claim this means that the council shall complete the adoption of regulations within two years, which is July 2023. A number of other states observe that the two-year rule actually does also say, and if they haven't, then something else must be done. So there's a lot of legal questions around that. And uh, the, the second part of it about the application for a plan of work um, is likely to come up in the second half of 2023 to the first half of 2024. And there's a discussion in the Seabed Authority in November um, over what that would mean. As well as Nauru, another Pacific country looking at sponsoring deep-sea mining activities is Tonga. Pelena Titakara, manager of the National Campaign Against Deep-Sea Mining and campaign manager of the Civil Society Forum of Tonga, says her country does not have the technical capacity or resources to effectively regulate and monitor the large corporations that are seeking to mine the kingdom's sea floor. She says the New Zealand government needs to show regional leadership and help protect Pacific Island nations from extractive activities that will harm the Moana and their coastal resources. The whole angst that we have against deep sea mining is that Tonga as a sponsoring state is not ready, nor will be for a long time because we don't know the science. But I think ours stem from the fact that we care about the livelihood of our people. We know that Tonga does not have the expertise, nor the cash, nor the technical know-how to actually manage any case of deep sea mining. Also speaking during the forum was Tianao Tuyuno, New Zealand Green MP and member of the Pacific Parliamentarians Alliance on Deep Sea Mining. 
He said New Zealand and Pacific Island countries alike need to learn from the mistakes of the past. He says there's a long history of exploiting the Pacific for resources and labour and enabling deep sea mining would be just allowing history to repeat itself. I look at it in terms of the context of the times that we're living in. We are in the middle of a climate crisis. We are in the middle of a biodiversity crisis. A moratorium should be the first step that we that we go to and not the last step. Um, no one, no one, especially corporations, should have the right to go and uh, make a mess of the ocean floor, given the context of the times that we're living in. Phil McCabe, the Pacific Regional Lead on Deep Sea Mining for the Deep Sea Conservation Coalition, summed up the three key areas of concern as being expressed across wide-ranging groups that are calling for a moratorium, being a lack of scientific knowledge, unavoidable environmental harm and the urgent need for reform of the regulating body, the International Seabed Authority. He joins me now. Phil, it was great to hear there from some of the speakers that were part of the online forum this week. Now, we've been hearing this consistent call for action here in Aotearoa and from the region. So what happens now? Yeah, thank you, Koroi. Um, there's a clear call coming from civil society uh, across the region. It's uh, the, those who spoke, uh, who've, who have shared, um, they're representative of, of communities across the region. And, and it's a clear call from them for action from New Zealand and leadership from New Zealand. This this is, and that this is a an ethical issue. It's an issue of moral action, taking the right path here for future generations. I think what we're seeing as as the deep sea mining issue evolves internationally and we're getting closer to the point where the ISA enables the activity via via issuing licenses and the first one would be going to Deep Green, now known as the Metals Company, we're starting to see a sort of a shift in perception around how to engage, you know, by by states, by communities, um, by by stakeholders generally. Um, and I think there's there's a real there's a high level political discussion emerging um, around the need for political intervention at the ISA and and the need to step in and call for wise responsible uh, action and uh, you know from a higher viewpoint than within the technical bounds of the ISA processes and the and the discussion that goes on on the floor in the ISA and, and the developing of the regulations there's no room for that higher view of whether or not we really want to be going down this track. And you know, I think what we're seeing is that this is being recognised now at the highest level, that action needs to be taken to protect our ocean from the real problems associated with deep sea mining. Now, we've been talking about this um, uh, for, for quite a while now, about the pressure being put, about the messages, about the science. What's the response you've been getting, or are you getting any response at all from, from the New Zealand government um, in in response to the calls, the petitions, that all of the the pressure that that you are putting on them. Yeah, well, next next week, next on World Ocean Day, we're we're delivering a petition with forty thousand plus signatures to the New Zealand government, calling for a ban of the activity in New Zealand waters. You know, that's something we we're in discussion with uh, foreign affairs, who are the who are the representatives at the ISA. There's opportunity. There's an opportunity right now for New Zealand to be in the first tranche of countries that actually stand up and intervene in the processes at the ISA and say, hold on, let's let's slow this down um, and, and really think about this before we press go. So there's an opportunity sitting there right now. And I, 
you know we've 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 laid this out to the New Zealand government several you know several times and and will continue to do so but I think as as the speakers uh yesterday you know expressed uh, this is a moral issue and New Zealand needs to take take the right course of action here for the region.